Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Mastery is a lifetime practice. There's no there there. As Martha Graham said, an artist is never satisfied with his or her work. There's only this divine dissatisfaction. Perfection is the lowest standard there is. Because as long as you're striving for perfection, you'll never finish. Writer Unleashed is for you. A writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. In my 20s, long before I pursued writing full tilt, I made my living as a cabaret dancer. I performed mambo and tango, bolero, swing, and foxtrot in ballrooms and supper clubs and nightclubs and hotel resorts. Now, dancing has always been my lipstick and high heels. It's also provided me the best training in mastery and perseverance. And these are mindsets I parlayed directly into my writing practice. Here's what I've learned. Number one, technique is not enough. You can have flawless technique and that's great. You need it. But If all you've got down is the physics of movement as a dancer, let's say, you're likely to leave your audience cold. You won't enjoy it much either. You need to connect to something deeper, some pathos or red hot desire, grief, whatever the music, your story ignites in you. Marsha Haiti says this, someone need not be perfect to be a great dancer. Feeling a soul is more important than what the body can do. So I used to work with a husband and wife team, Eddie and Lorna. Now Lorna was a ballerina. Eddie was a jazz dancer. He had some ballet training, but primarily a jazz dancer. Now, technically, Lorna was perfection. We were in awe of her. We admired her, but we weren't moved by her when we watched her on stage. There was something 
cold about her performance. Yes, she was perfect. She was in control of her instrument, her body, but we just weren't emotionally moved by her. Eddie, on the other hand, danced with raw emotion. He sweated. He had energy. He had this kinetic energy. He wasn't as technically proficient as his wife, not at all, but we couldn't take our eyes off him. We felt his dancing inside our body whenever we watched him. He was connecting to something deeper in the music and we could feel it. So in writing, language pyrotechnics might give your work style and polish, but it may not move your reader to tears, laughter, or dread. Technique on its own is like artificial flowers, pretty to look at, but scentless and static and kind of dead. So you've got to feel it with your heart and soul. Writing is connecting one heart and soul to another. Always write with heart. Number two, but you do need technique. You absolutely do. Because without it, your instrument is limited, shackled. Technique gives you freedom to fully express. It aligns you with your highest vision of what you long to create. It's what transfers what's on the movie screen of your mind onto the page. Now, my dance coaches have always had me work first and foremost on the basics, the technical layers, the physics of movement and partnership, because patterns where your feet and arms go are absolute dreck without the ability to execute them. There's a difference between talent and skill. Talent is nothing without skill. Now, artistry is paramount, of course, but it runs wild and amok without those underlying techniques that ultimately make it fluid, limber, and elegant. In writing, there are a multitude of elements at play. There's point of view, there's imagery, there's narrative tension, character development, scene development, knowing when to show versus tell, how to structure your story, which by the way, will be different with every new piece you write, and a multitude of other concerns. Now, when technique and unleashed abandon converge, when you write with heart and technique, that is your sweet spot. So the question becomes, how do you cultivate technique? Well, you practice deliberately. You target the struggle. So back in the day when I studied ballet, Learning to pirouette required mastering many incremental moving parts. I didn't just start doing multiple pirouettes. I first had to learn how to balance on the balls of both feet. I had to get my alignment correct. Once my ankles were strong and I could find that balance point where I wasn't tipping over or falling back, I practiced 
raising one leg, balancing on, on one leg, then the other. And then once I had those mechanics down, I practiced quarter turns, then half turns, and then single turns, and then eventually multiple turns. But it took breaking down the turn into those little parts and practicing them deliberately. So deliberate practice is extracting one element at a time. So let's say you want to practice dialogue. Well, look at a scene of dialogue in a story that you love and really study it. How many words does each character say? What kind of conflict is inherent in this interaction between the two characters? What's the subtext? What nonverbal cues, gestures, body language, etc., come into play? If you want to practice how to launch into your scenes, look at how your favorite writers do it. How soon do they get into the action? Is it the first paragraph? Is it the second paragraph? What do they reveal? And what do they withhold? The idea is to tease out specific craft elements so you can practice them. Now, all these elements work together. They work together seamlessly. They're interrelated, just like a pirouette. But you need to practice them separately until it becomes second nature. Number three, work with and through your resistance. Now, invariably, whenever I rehearse for a show, the closer we got to performance night, the more I would disintegrate into a hobble of nerves. I secretly wished for something to happen that we would get out of it in some way, like maybe even an ankle strain or anything just to get me out of opening night. That's how terrified I was because the premiere of a dance routine was always the scariest. I never felt ready. There was always one tricky wild card move I hadn't yet mastered. And it was the one that had me reeling with visions of falling on the floor on performance night. So fear is a given. Anytime you're challenging yourself to reach beyond what you're currently able to do, or just when it matters to you, or when you're worried about failing. The thing that stops us in our tracks most of the time is this fear that we're just not good enough. So don't judge yourself for that. Don't resist it. Just use it. You know, think of that fear as merely a sensation in your body, this um, bubbly cocktail of adrenaline. It means that what you're writing matters. It means you're reaching, you're expanding. So don't get paralyzed by this. Think of whatever fear you're feeling as your power, as this voltage to create your greatest work yet. It's just a sensation in your body. That's all it is. And number four, you have to go through stupid to get to cool. One of my dance coaches once said this, and I never forgot it. Our first drafts, as Hemingway famously said, are shit. We might be writing very shallow sentences, or we're too flowery, our characters are flat, 
our dialogue is riddled with exposition, we're too abstract. Now, this is the stupid part where we're kind of wallowing around, not knowing what we're doing yet. This is the absence of technique. It's where we're scratching the surface of our story. Because if we're doing our job right in our first draft, we don't yet know what it is we're writing about. But if we stick with it, we get to cool. Now, most of us hate this stage. That stupid stage is where so many of us give up. But mistakes are part and parcel of the learning process. So don't disdain your lack of skill, replace it with curiosity, and then go back to number two, practice deliberately, target the struggle. And number five, don't compare yourself with others, ever. When asked if she ever felt dispirited to see young ballerinas coming up the ranks at the New York City Ballet, then 47-year-old principal dancer Wendy Whelan said, yes, it is hard. But then you realize you're going to become the best you you can be, and she's going to become the best her she can be. Now, often we look at other writers, published or otherwise, and reflexively compare their work to ours. We think, if only I could write like that. But the truth is, you can't write like anyone else, and no one can write like you. There is something in you that is completely your own, your voice, your singular take on the world. It's hardwired into you. It's what Twyla Tharp calls your creative DNA. Sure, plenty of other writers have written about their lousy childhoods or their divorces, but no one has written it from your lens, from your take on the world, from your experiences. The reason you admire certain writers, by the way, is because they're awakening something untapped inside you. It might be dormant at the moment, but it's there. So the healthy way to compare is to always ask, what can I take away from this awesome work of art that's useful? In the meantime, write the best way you can right now. Mastery is a lifetime practice. There's no there there. As Martha Graham said, an artist is never satisfied with his or her work. There's only this divine dissatisfaction. Perfection is the lowest standard there is. Because as long as you're striving for perfection, you'll never finish. So here's what I want to leave you with. Number one, always write with heart. Number two, always be developing your craft. Technique ultimately gives you more freedom, but without heart, those skills are useless. To develop technique, practice deliberately. Tease out elements of craft from the books you love to read and try to see how the writer does it. Number three, work with and through your resistance. 
every writer, even best-selling authors are at various points thinking, who am I to be writing this book? Just know that it's normal to doubt yourself. Give yourself some grace here. At the root of resistance is a fear of failure, of not being good enough. All writers feel this to varying degrees and at various times. Just acknowledge it and move forward. Number four, you have to go through stupid before you get to cool. Or to say it another way from Jean Lecure, Not knowing is not a form of ignorance, but a difficult transcendence of knowledge. This is the price that must be paid for a work of art to be, at all times, a sort of pure beginning which makes its creation an exercise in freedom. And number five. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Just focus on what your work needs. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated with you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips I only share in email, sign up over at nancypinuccio.com. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.